Hi friends, and welcome to the T21 Mom podcast. And this is episode 77. My name is Mary and I'll be your host. And as always, my good friend and co-host Ron is also here with me today. Hey Mary, um, I have hey. a question. Okay. Are you all baked out for this weekend? No, I have a little bit more to do, but I'm feeling very confident. I am like on top of my game. Okay. So you're going to be yeah. at the Burnaby Farmers Market on Saturday mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. the run up for Down syndrome on Sunday. Correct. That's the fourth and the fifth, I believe. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So people can, if you're in the Vancouver area, stop by the Burnaby Farm Farmers Market uh, on Saturday mm-hmm. between what time and what time? Between 10 and 2. 10 and 2. Hmm. Yeah. That's where, the, that's where the Mickey's big hand is on the 10. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. So today's guest um, mm-hmm. is accomplished. Oh, indeed. So what exactly has she accomplished? Well, she is a New York Times bestselling author. She is one of the hosts of the Lucky Few podcast. She has also started the Lucky Few Foundation, which is hitting the road later this summer. And she is quite the rocking mom. And also a rocking mom. So, yes. And most uh, people will be familiar with her. Her name is right. Heather Avis. Right. Well, let's go get rocked by Heather Avis. All right. Today on the T21 Mom podcast, I'm talking with another rocking mom that I'm sure many of you are familiar with. Her name is Heather Avis of the Lucky Few. Welcome, Heather. Yay. Hi. I just gave myself a cheer. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we all deserve a cheer. It's early in the morning still. (laughs) Thanks for having me. This is so fun. Oh, no, I'm, I'm so excited to have you on today. It's a real pleasure. Now, I'm sure many of our listeners are familiar with you and also Mercedes and Micah who aren't here today, but, and your podcast, The Lucky Few and everything that Lucky Few is, but can you still tell us a little bit about you and your family? Sure. Um, so I am Heather Avis and I live in Southern California with my husband of almost 20 years in like this summer, we're celebrating 20 years. Awesome. Um, my oldest daughter, Mason is 13 and has down syndrome. My middle daughter truly is 11 and has no disability. (laughs) And my middle and my youngest son, August is eight and has down syndrome. So, um, our kids, all my kids came to me through adoption. Mm -hmm. Um, for those who can't see us, my husband and I are Caucasian. My oldest daughter is Armenian. My son is Caucasian and my middle daughter is African-American and Guatemalan. So we are a um, transracial, multi-ability family brought together through adoption. <laughs> and yeah, I'm, I am an author and a speaker. Um, and I run this little organization called The Lucky Few, which is all about shouting the worth of people with Down syndrome and shifting the Down syndrome narrative in order to create a world where everybody can belong. That is awesome. So you, your very first book is called The Lucky Few. And I, mm-hmm. it was several years ago. I, I, I don't know what year it came out, but um, I think, what, what year did it come out? 2017. Oh, so is five, it that? Five years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it was longer than that because, I mean, maybe it was, I saw a news clip. Someone I think had forwarded me a news clip of you. And I think you were talking about, Mason, your daughter, Mason, and 
I just, I I just remember it so clearly. I, I was crying and I thought somebody just kind of gets me and mm. it was really empowering and very, very moving. And so what, how did you come about creating the lucky few? So the story goes um, about 10 years ago, a little about a year after Instagram came on the into our lives. Um, I had a really dear friend who had started early on in Instagram and her, her name is Courtney Dasher. She has an account called tuna melt to my heart. She's millions of followers at this point, but she has this dog that, um, was like the last dog to be adopted at this adoption event. And she just has like a tender heart for the (laughs) underdog. And she has no connection to down syndrome, except through our family. Mm -hmm. And Macy, I think at the time was, I mean, she had to have just been three years old, three or four years old. She was little. Um, and Courtney was like, you need to do an account about down syndrome. Like you just need to do this. And I'm like, I don't think I want to get on social media. And then she talked me into it. So we started this account and it was called Macy makes my day. And I was, and my whole point was, and the thing that Courtney, and I talked back and forth about was when Mason came home. So we adopted her, but she came home at three months old and everything on the outside. And this is, I think a lot of parents have a similar experience. Everyone in the outside is telling us or implying that bringing a child with Down syndrome into our lives is a negative thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Down syndrome is negative. There's not, it's not looked at as an asset. It's not seen as whole human. There's not like a goodness and a wholeness and a belovedness that is seen in a person with Down syndrome. And so we're getting all that from the outside, still making our own decisions, bring her home. And I have this baby who, first of all, I'm like, she's a baby. Um, Like this is a, a tiny baby that I get to care for. And I get Mm -hmm. to like cuddle her and snuggle her and do those sweet things. And then do the hard things. She was very sick. She was on oxygen 24 seven. She had open heart surgery, um, a month after coming home, she had tons of health complications, but even in that it's like, this is a, a real beautiful human being. And as time went on, I thought, okay, there, I feel so unbelievably lucky to know her. Um, and even more lucky to be her mom and being in spaces with peers and friends. And, and she's always the only person with down syndrome often, almost always in our circle. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I would look around and think I'm so lucky this girl's my girl, you know? <laughs> and, um, and then meeting lots of other families who've had a similar, a similar thread in terms of like feeling devastation and sadness about down syndrome and then getting what I call to the other side. Mm-hmm. where it's like, wait a second, this child's a, amazing. Like this is a fully human, human being child person <laughs> deserving of a full work, like full life. And where's that disconnect? Right. And so then mm-hmm. that's my conversation with my friend Courtney, where she's like, people don't know, you can't know what you don't know. So the whole point when I started on Instagram, Macy makes my day was a picture a day and a little caption a day of a day in the life of raising a daughter with Down syndrome. And that was it to give people access to a person with Down syndrome if they maybe didn't have that otherwise. And then it kind of, um, it kind of took off. (laughs) And as, and as it was growing, I started feeling that idea of feeling so lucky. I started saying, I feel like I'm part of the lucky few. There's few of us who have a with Down syndrome. We're so lucky. And so I started using hashtag the lucky few. So I don't think it's possible now, but in the beginning, when there were just a few hundred tags, hashtags. Um, it was my family. And then I, and then I started seeing peppered in there, other fam, other people using the hashtag and it always was linked to down syndrome. Mm. And then it just took off. 
And so um, it's interesting because that was, that was about 10 years ago. And in the last 10 years, over that time, I had no intention of being an author. I had no intention of being a, a speaker. I had no intention of, you know, being a, um, an influencer on social media and running a nonprofit and doing all this work. Mm-hmm. And it's just been kind of an unfolding and stepping into opportunity after opportunity and, and being able to like realize what it is that I, that I love to do, what I long to do, mm-hmm. uh, where my gifts and talents lie. Mm-hmm. So it just over time, um, I got, someone reached out to me and asked if I wanted to write a book. And she was a very influential and powerful person in the publishing space. She later became my agent. And then we got a book deal, which just opened tons of doors. And, um, and that opened doors to a children's book that hit the New York Times bestsellers list. And so then I'm like, wait a second, 10 years ago, I never would have thought of myself as a New York Times bestselling author with a podcast Mm -hmm. and a following and this idea we started it because I wanted down syndrome. We say now the language of shifting that narrative, like there's Mm -hmm. this narrative around down syndrome that is harmful and Mm -hmm. it is not true. And it is the narrative that when my kids step out my front door, it is how they are viewed as half human. They're working 10 times as hard to be seen Mm -hmm. as half as much. And that narrative has to change. And it's interesting 10 years later to look back and go, wait a second. Every time I posted a picture, when I just had like a hundred followers on Instagram, Instagram. Um, that was my goal to shift mm-hmm. the narrative. And I didn't, I couldn't name it then. Right. Cause I didn't right. know. Um, but that's what we've been doing. So, so yes, that's the long answer of how the, <laughs> how the lucky few, the phrase, the lucky few came into the world and how even, even that phrase itself, um, connecting that to a people group who is normally seen that you're usually unlucky to have a child. Mm-hmm. It, it is a shift, right? It's a very, big and powerful shift in a narrative and um it feels humbling and it's an honor and a thrill to get to be a part of that movement that's awesome and i was kind of getting emotional when you were talking about how how people view our kids you Mm -hmm. know and how our kids have to work so hard to to do the things that they do and and it's so true and and people just don't always see that like you know people with typical kids or don't have any interaction with those who have down syndrome and and it's hard but i love that you know like you said being a narrative shifter it's amazing and you know and i do see people becoming more aware of what you know what our world is like with having a child with down syndrome i i'm curious like when you were planning to adopt, were you planning to adopt a child with Down syndrome? I mean, you have two kids with Down syndrome. So, you know, I know another mama who did that, but um... (laughs) I think I know actually at this point, I know quite a few moms who have done that, who have multiple (laughs) kids with Down syndrome through like either it was like their firstborn was natural born and then, or biological. And then they ended up adopting or they just adopted multiple. Um, I did not know we, I think I fell in the category of the majority of people, which is, I just want a healthy baby. So mm-hmm. in the process of starting in starting the adoption process, um, I was very uneducated on adoption. I knew very, very little. I had ideas that I, um, don't agree with or believe in anymore, but, but I also have just, I don't feel shame. I have tenderness towards myself because you can't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Life yeah. is about learning mm-hmm. and growing and getting better. Um, so no, we wanted a healthy infant. And so we went with a private agency because Mm -hmm. you have more control usually over the child that you're able to adopt. And, um, it was a, 
it was just a series of events that happened. Um, I'm a person of faith, so it really felt just like divine, divine events unfolding around me. And I had opportunities to step into it or not. And we did. And I say Macy was my scariest and my best. Yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She is just changed everything forever and for the better in my life. And I'm so grateful that we had the opportunity to, to say yes to her. That's and amazing. With August, our son, we mm-hmm. weren't looking for a child with Down syndrome. At that point, um, a lot of my thoughts and beliefs around adoption, which could be a whole like hour long conversation in and of itself, <laughs> um, had start had been shifting. I'd just been learning a lot. I had I had I had two adopted kids already, so I had learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And we had no intention of adopting privately again. Um, but then we got we heard actually through Mercedes, who is a dear friend of mine prior mm-hmm. to kids, and she's my co-host on the lucky few podcast Mm -hmm. she reached out and said hey just heard from this mom who's seven months pregnant and just got an in utero diagnosis and she's looking for a family to create an adoption plan with um and so I was not in a place that I thought I was ready to Mm -hmm. have another child I don't know that we're ever ready to have another child yeah (laughs) (laughs) but we so that was what that's how we got in connection with her is she we found each other and so Mm -hmm. um we got to know her while August, our son was still in her womb and got to be there shortly after he was born. And it was pretty, oh, pretty amazing. intense. Yeah. It's almost a little ironic when you set out initially to get a healthy baby and, and Mason has, he comes home on oxygen and has to have heart surgery. And yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Cause I always say that my daughter has made me into the person I was always meant to be. Like oh. it's opened up all these doors that I didn't really know ever existed. And yeah, I think it's, it's amazing. And so are you in any contact with any, like, were they all private adoptions and are you in contact with any of the birth families at all? So my Mason and August both were through a private agency, um, but the adoptions are open. So yes, we have contact. We've spent, I mean, I've met all their aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents and um we've been in their homes they've been in our homes both for both sets of families yeah um they fall i mean we it over the years it's been less and less it was a Mm -hmm. lot in the beginning yeah Um, but that's our whole my thing is when they i'll say this i'm very grateful that both mason and augie's birth families Mm -hmm. um are healthy and safe and so we can have them in our homes and can have openness around them. So in the beginning, it was like in their balls in their court, kind of like when you want to see your child, just let me know and we'll make it happen. We'll make it work. And we have, mm-hmm. and they kind of life gets busy or things have happened. It's very, very layered and complicated. Of course. Yeah. Um, but as soon as my kids mention that they want to call them or send them a text or something, we always do. And then our middle daughter, truly, she, we adopted her through the County, um, mm-hmm through foster care and her circumstances are hers to share, but Mm -hmm. we don't have any relationship with her birth family. Okay. Wow. Wonderful. Yeah. I've always, like when I hear about open adoptions, I just had a talk chatted with another mom and she adopted and it was really difficult. Like the birth family tried to keep the child, but just couldn't do it. And she felt responsible for the child having down syndrome. Like it was really kind of heartbreaking, you know, and, and it's an open adoption. So they do still have some contact and, you know, but I think, you know, cause she wants her son to 
still know his other siblings because right, right now he doesn't they don't have any other children so now i was my next question was but i just saw the answer but you know people can't see uh do you have the lucky few tattoo and oh hilarious on your arm okay do you know the story of the lucky few tattoo um well the arrows i know and then there's okay. another one that i saw in i think it's i started in australia i think the one that's quite an elaborate one with an arrow and stuff but please share yeah yeah so i have i mean you can't see friends but there we go in 2000 and my first book came out in 2017 and we and it's titled the lucky few um and i got i have the lucky few the words tattooed on my mm -hmm. arm that was my first tattoo and i got that um right that was my second tattoo i have another one before that but i got that the year my book came out in 2017 mm -hmm. and then um maybe actually i think i got it in 2016 anyway i was at a retreat um liz plakta is has an organization called ruby's rainbow mm -hmm. and they they she raises money for scholarships for people with down syndrome to do further their education and secondary education and liz and i have a retreat that we host called the lucky mama's retreat mm -hmm. and we started it started in austin texas and it started with like liz had this opportunity to have a space and she reached out to me and i said about like the idea i'm like i would love to do that and um we ended up bringing a bunch of people together We're like i don't know if anyone would come i don't know like retreats are so expensive and can people even make it and so we started by reaching out to people we knew whether we knew them personally as friends or we knew them through social media and we got together with a group of about 26 women from all over the nation in austin texas and thursday to sunday is a retreat sunday or thursday i'm in a room with a bunch of women and most of them are strangers to me and i'm like you guys we should get matching tattoos and everyone <laughs> laughs, right no i'm not i'm literally not joking like if anyone's like hey let's get a matching tattoo I'm game. Like, let's think of it. Let's get it. And so I'm like, everyone thinks I'm joking. There's a couple women who are like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And so as the weekend goes on, we're all just like bonding and having this great time. And I keep bringing it up. And then by Saturday morning, it's like 26 women, almost there were a handful of people who just won't get tattoos, which is great. Or like, we're doing it. Let's get a matching tattoo. What do we get? Right. And there's a woman named Micah May. She owns a company called May Designs. Her son Jackson has Down syndrome and Micah is there and Micah's a designer. And so she's like, all right, give me, a, give me a paper. Give me some markers. Let's just start throwing stuff out. So everyone's throwing ideas out and she's writing stuff down. And then she goes, you guys, I had a dream year. I had a dream recently where I got my first tattoo and it was three giant arrows on my arm. And as soon as she said it, it was almost like everyone in the room got chills. Like, yeah, that's it. And so <laughs> then she started like right drawing arrows on people with a Sharpie. It's like three is perfect. It's that extra copy of the 21st chromosome. Arrows are significant in um, the meaning. The meaning behind arrows is significant, especially with tattoos, because it's this idea of like there has to be a pulling back and attention in order to like grow and move forward, which is all of our experiences mm -hmm. as moms. So we tried on that Saturday to last minute to get like 20 <laughs> women to get a tattoo. It also happened to be like a major music festival in Austin, oh Texas. My gosh, so yeah. We're like, we like literally like trying to get people to come to us, all this stuff. Anyways, what ended up happening is the next day the retreat ended, eight of us, um, I had a late flight out, people who lived locally or had a late flight out. Um, we all went to a tattoo parlor and got the three arrows. Um, so Micah May was one of them, a woman named Lisa Eicher. She has, her daughter is um, Sevi Marie Art. She does this incredible artwork. And um, Liz couldn't actually be there. Liz didn't get it that day. She got it later. <laughs> and so anyways, eight of us got this tattoo. 
And Lisa and Micah and I like, you know, you take a picture, post it. And within a couple of days, like, oh my gosh, like people are getting this tattoo. A lot of people are sharing this and getting this tattoo. And we kind of, we just had, we just, were going to get a tattoo. And then Micah called me and she's like, we got to like talk about this because people are wanting to know what it is and where did it come from and how did it get started and da, 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 da. So <laughs> um, I think the Australia one came after the fact. And then yes. all of a sudden it's like within a couple of months, yeah. there's literally people all over the entire world getting a tattoo. We're like, how does a tattoo go viral? What? So that's the, that. And then what's wild about that is that not just the tattoo part, but the three arrows prior to that, prior to that happening, the three arrows weren't a part of Down syndrome like connected to down syndrome mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that started the three arrows, which it's like, you can't find a down syndrome, anything without the three arrows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's pretty wild. I love it. Oh, that's amazing. I did not know that. So like, I didn't know where it started, but you're right. It kind of all went viral. I still have to get mine. I don't have any tattoos, but I need to, that's all right. I need to get it. So I want to, that would be my only tattoo, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause I remember seeing like, the very elaborate one that, that's quite large that people yeah, it's really get. pretty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that was, I thought that one started down in Australia, but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that, but I love that story of the three arrows. I mean, and it's perfect. It's so simple and it's, mm-hmm. you know, like even I can put it on. Right. Right. And that's what we were saying in like, when we were brainstorming ideas, like this has to be something that can go any, like you can get it tattooed anywhere. And people who have no tattoo would be like, okay, this is a tattoo I would get. It's kind of our brainstorm behind yeah. it. So <laughs> that will be the one and only tattoo that I get. So <laughs> awesome. Good job. Now you've talked a little bit about your books and you've written four books and mm-hmm. you're a New York Times bestseller. That is so <laughs> awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about your book and of course your latest book that is coming out? Yeah. So my first two books are adult nonfiction. My first book is a memoir. I call my second book like a manifesto. Um, (laughs) And so the first book, The Lucky Few, is just the story basically and how each of our kids, how we came to be the five of us Mm -hmm. and that journey. And then my journey with through the lens of me as the mom. Um, And then I wrote my second book is called Scoot Over and Make Some Room. It Mm -hmm. came out in 2019. And that was that's like each chapter can kind of stand alone as its own story just about advocacy and what I had learned over the years in that space, not just with disability, but with my middle daughter, truly being black and being a white mom and raising her. Um, and these things I've learned along the way and with school and all that. And then, um, I, my agent and I for years had talked about writing a children's book and it just was like, I really want to do this. I can think all the way back to fifth grade Mm -hmm. and dreaming of being a children's book author. Yeah. And I wrote, I wrote tons in fifth grade. I have all these like poems and little, I wrote little books and stuff. I think a lot of kids that age yeah. want to write, do that. And it, I just didn't, I like, she kept asking me, I kept asking me, I'm like, it's just not there yet. It's not there. And I was flying home from speaking somewhere by myself on a plane. And I just started writing a book um, and I landed and I'm like, this is the, this is what we're pitching. So we created a proposal and that was for my book, different, a great thing to be, which was, came out last June, mm-hmm. my first children's book. And then I have a, my second children's book coming out in August, August 9th of this year, which is called everyone belongs. Um, and so the first book is about Mason or about a, a little girl named Macy, who's finds herself as somebody who's different and guides those around her to celebrate 
and embrace their differences. Mm-hmm. And then Everyone Belongs is a story of sisters named Macy and True <laughs> who put on, who decided to put on a show and people, as they're setting up for the show, lots of different kids with different disabilities wander up and say, how can I be a part of the show? And so then they have to um, adjust in order to make the show work for everyone. So Mm. then it's a show where everyone belongs. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited for that book. There's things happening right now alongside that book that I can't share, Mm -hmm. which is super annoying. People (laughs) say stuff like that. I'm always like, well, I'm jealous. But I... (laughs) But I am, um, there's in July, July 25th, I can start talking about it. <laughs> I'm so excited. There's some huge stuff happening with the launch of Everyone Belongs. And, and so yeah. is, is that launching on July 25th? The book comes out August 9th. August 9th. Okay. But the very exciting collaboration is July 25th. Okay. Okay. <laughs> awesome. We'll keep both those dates in mind. So is there a way that people can, can pre-order the book? book yeah. or yeah and you also- can do it now just anywhere where anywhere you would buy a book um you can pre-order it okay mm-hmm. we'll put a link in the show notes so that yeah. people want to pre-order or as well as for your other books that's fantastic now you you've got a lot of things on the go you're you <laughs> you, you do this retreat you're you're also doing this retreat again are, are you not yeah so the lucky mama's retreat um it was like a little passion project for Liz Mm -hmm. and me. And then we did it that first time. Like I said, we never announced it. It wasn't like sign up. It's also not exclusive. Like everybody can come. The caveat is the location only sleeps 26 people and we want to keep it small. And so we don't, that's part of what makes it so special is each group of 26 women become their own little like bonded group of women, um, of moms. And so we, after that first one, just like through people who were there, word kind of got out and we ended up with a wait list of like a hundred people. Mm-hmm. So the reason that it's not super, is not like, um, advertised is because you don't need to, <laughs> well, and we just don't, it's, we don't mean to be exclusive. We just already have a wait list. Yeah. Anyways, we, and Liz does, has this major nonprofit she's running. I have this major nonprofit I'm running. So it's kind of like this little passion project. So we want everyone to come. And you can find out more about events on heatheravis.com. Um, okay. And Liz has on rubiesrainbow.com. I think rubiesrainbow.org. There's a, org, yeah. Yeah. There's a link for that as well. So if you're interested, you can just go find that link and then get your name on the list. And then as soon as we open up, everyone on the list, doesn't matter where, when you signed up, gets first dibs at coming, um, at signing up. But we, because of, because so many people have been wanting to come, we're starting to, we're opening up a Southern California retreat, mm-hmm. which is a little bit different. It's only going to be two nights, but that's open to anybody. Um, there's no wait list or whatever. It's just first come first serve. So that mm-hmm. is actually happening this August. Mm-hmm. It is in August <laughs> and I have to get back to you with the exact dates. <laughs> we have, I think we have like six spaces open still. You can go to heatheravis.com um, under events and it is August. Oh dear. I don't have it in my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I don't know. We'll find it. That's okay. the website. <laughs> Sorry. I do know one mama that did go uh, to, I don't know which one she went to, but I know that it was after the 
we went to the, I met her at the retreat in Phoenix. So it would have, which would have been 2018. So it would have been after, it must, might've been the first one you guys had. First so, one was 2017. So that would have been our second one. Oh, the second one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Cause she said it was small. It was only 25 people, which is awesome. It's an opportunity to really get to know some other moms because, you know, I've, I go to the, the DSDN retreat every year and I know that you and uh, Micah and Mercedes were also all there as well. But the last one was just so big. Like I couldn't Mm -hmm. really, it was really hard to meet people I found. So um, I think having something small like that, it's so intimate and, you know, you really get a chance to, to meet some other moms and and learn about their journeys. So are you guys going to the retreat this year as well? Um, As of right now, I, I will be there. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if Micah and Mercedes will. I'm in California and the retreat is in Washington tree is in DC. It yeah. is five. I mean, may as well go to Europe. It's so far away. <laughs> um, <laughs> East coast, West coast to East coast to coast yeah. travel is so tricky because you lose a full day Yeah, to I know. plan for an extra day. So it's just a very high price tag, but as of right now, yes, I will be there. Wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be, I've already signed up and got my tickets, so I'm excited to go. So you're doing all these amazing things and and then you decide now, okay, I want to start a nonprofit. Oh my gosh, bless. Yeah. So it's called the Lucky Few Foundation. Can you share mm-hmm. what this is and what was the motivation behind it to create it? Sure. So um, outside of the, the writing piece, like writing books, a lot of what we've done has been very reactionary. So there's like opportunities mm-hmm. have opened up to I don't know, be a part of the Down syndrome community. Um, and this sound, this will, I don't know how this will sound. It'll sound how it sounds, right? We're all just being really transparent here. It we're doing, we're for 10 years on social media and for 10 years, we've been putting a bunch of work, a bunch of stuff out. Right. And, and stuff we believe in and all that, but it doesn't make any money. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we're like, how do we, we are constantly, how do we monetize? So we'll try this online course. And then it's like, nobody wants to buy it, which is fine. But we try these things and it's like, none of we we can't make money like this. Mm -hmm. Um, And also over the years, we were meeting with business coaches and, and strategists and things like that. And a lot of people started saying, if you turn this into a nonprofit, then, um, then it's an invitation for people to come alongside and, and support financially the work of shifting the downstream narrative. And so then it was a conversation of honing in on what is, what is that work? Because even in talking to you, like you're saying, we're doing a lot of things, every, we have like really narrowed it down. We had just our hands in so many little things all over the place. So it's like, mm-hmm. who are we? What do we do? We needed to answer that question. And at the end of the day, who we are and what we do is we are a bridge between people who don't know a person with down syndrome and those who do mm-hmm. in order to create a relationship, um, in some regard, even if it's just virtual, even if it's just by reading stories and learning about other people's lives that we are offering the world relationship to people with down syndrome, knowing that that is the key to shifting the narrative. Like if we want the narrative to shift, you have to be in relationship with someone who has down syndrome. Mm-hmm. You have to access people with down syndrome. So the lucky few foundation is all about that. We are a storytelling movement. Um, we are gathering stories of people with Down syndrome and those who love them. And we are archiving them um, and telling them in a way that is diverse and inclusive and um, 
and giving the world access to all those stories. So we have a project called This Is Down Syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I think we have about 150 stories so far. So how do people, how do you get the stories? Um, well, we do storytelling weekends and mm-hmm. we have hosted a few here in, in California. That's where we've gotten our stories so far. Um, and a weekend will be, we ask people who want to participate to give us a 400 word or less story about their loved one with Down syndrome. Okay. Um, and then to come take pictures. So we are, we have just like very high standards for the photography. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to capture gorgeous photos that, that really let the person shine, whoever mm-hmm. it is. And then we just gather stories from parents, siblings, grandparents, teachers, friends, um, therapists, like anyone connected to this person with Down syndrome. So we have series where it's just a person, like the person with Down syndrome and her mom, mm-hmm. like a two person series. We have another series where we have 15 people where it's the person with Down syndrome and his four sisters and his teachers and his coach and his friend. Um, and so it's anything, anyone who wants to come and share their story about their loved one with Down syndrome. Those are all archived on the luckyfewfoundation.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the goal is to build an archive of thousands and thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of stories so that that new parent getting a diagnosis mm-hmm. that can't, that's never seen themselves in the story can go and see, oh, look, here's, here's these hundreds of black families um, who are in this or Latina families or, you know, a teacher who's never, who's getting a student with Down syndrome has never had that before can go on the website and look up, oh, there, here's these hundreds of educators sharing their stories. Um, we want people to see themselves in the Down syndrome narrative and um, for these stories, for the access to all these different stories to like give people who don't know people with Down syndrome that spark of what it is that they need, the rela- the connection that they need to see people with Down syndrome as whole humans. Whole humans. I love yeah. that. Yeah. This summer we're going on a tour. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. And so the five of us, my husband and our three kids and I are going to five different locations mm-hmm. around the nation mm-hmm. um, and, and doing storytelling weekends. We have five different storytelling events that we're doing and gathering families um, around the table to share a meal. We'll all get together ahead of time and share a meal together and get to connect and just love on each other. And then the next day, have a professional photographer at a certain location and each family comes and gets their photos taken and shares their stories. And then we get it up online. Oh, that's amazing. So (laughs) it's mostly around the East coast. Is it not that you guys are going? It ended up that way. Yeah. So we're in South Carolina, New Orleans, New Jersey, Nantucket, and Alabama. That's quite a, quite a variety there. (laughs) So uh, like, are you guys actually road tripping? Like, and is it? Oh you... gosh, no. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know that's like a whole other thing. Like this will be so fun to get a travel, get like a it's... RV. Oh yeah. Like, oh no. We are, we are on airplanes and in hotels and Airbnbs. <laughs> like we are, I am bougie. Just kidding. I'm not. Um, no, that's a whole other level and that's yeah. its own project. But I mean, we're going to be sharing the whole time we're traveling too. Mm-hmm. So there's that aspect too of like, Travel is for our family. Um, travel is a priority. Like mm-hmm. that's where we prioritize our time and our resources. Um, and it is 
we all love it, all five of us. But there's also this sweet thing that always happens when we bring Mason in August everywhere we go, you know, with an expectation of they actually get to be here as they are. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so that's also a really sweet piece of the travel. It's like, we are going, the amount of people that will be exposed to Down syndrome just by the five of us yeah, on this little journey, you know, is really special too. And we expect lots of excitement and lots of challenges and lots <laughs> of words along the way. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So do people need to sign up or how can they get involved if, if you're in one, if they live in one of the cities that you're in? that you're going so to as, yeah as of right now um the spots are filled it's like we had to start planning pretty far in advance to mm -hmm. be able to get everything buttoned up there's a lot of moving pieces to make it work um the only place that we are still looking for stories it's my understanding is um in new orleans so we're going to be at the national down syndrome congress convention that's what's happening in new orleans right yes and we'll be there for that and then the sunday after when it ends that sunday we have a a one day um, storytelling events set up. And I think we have a couple of spots open for that. We'd love for people to sign up for that. And then this is the first of many opportunities like this. So mm -hmm. if this is something that if you're listening and you're like, I really want to do participate in this, just reach out to us. And, um, where collaboration is key in mm -hmm. narrative shifting work. We, uh, in the down syndrome space, if we are not collaborative, we are going against our purpose in this space of making it, making the world work for our kiddos um, or a loved one with Down syndrome. So we love collaborating with people. There's no competition here in any way. <laughs> um, we do need financial support still. And so mm -hmm. the, all of this is even just like the photographers cost a lot of money, the front end and back end, it's hours and hours and hours of editing and uploading and sh sharing and saving and mm -hmm. websites and online and, you know, all that stuff um, has a, a pretty high price tag. So if people are interested in collaborating with us and supporting the mission financially, they mm -hmm. can go to the luckyfeefoundation.org. And, um, I think we are about 12,000 short of our goal for this, this five week tour. When, and when does it start? June 16th. So, oh, okay. So not a, like just a few weeks from now. So, yeah. Oh, that's, well, that's so exciting. And, uh, so, I'm curious because I'm up in Canada. Yeah. So how can we get our stories in? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, this is, this is a great question. <laughs> Thank you for asking. Okay. So uh, because we are, this is all very new. Of like course. We started it, yeah. <laughs> we started a year ago. Yeah. Um, and just doing it like in, in our friends' backyards, just dreaming it up. And yeah. this was prior to even having a nonprofit status. And then um, the hope is to scale this in a way that if you're interested in doing a storytelling weekend, you reach out to us mm -hmm. and we actually can do this right now. I mean, I, we can make this happen. It's just mm -hmm. going to happen in real time. There's just going to be glitches that we're working out along the way. Mm -hmm. um, and then this is what, this is what uh, Lucky Few Foundation storytelling weekend entails. Mm -hmm. We hand that information over and then we collaborate together and you would make that happen in your neck of the woods. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. So I... there's, there's like a standard that we, there's just things that, it, that would make it a, a lucky few storytelling weekend. Obviously anybody can do this at any time in their lives. You know what of I mean? Course. Share yeah. stories. Um, but yeah, we could do that. Yeah. We can make it happen. 
Okay. The wheels are already turning. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. Well, that's, oh, that's so exciting. I'm yeah. When I was reading about that, I thought, oh, this is so cool. And, and I was wondering like, are you all going like all like, like Mercedes and Mike and all of you guys, but yeah, that would be quite the trip I would imagine, but that's <laughs> so exciting and how great that your kids are all coming. And I mean, I'm just excited that we can actually travel now. <laughs> like it's been I know, me a crazy too. two years. So as I'm sure most people can appreciate. So I've, this is so fantastic. I'm, I'm very excited for you and for your new foundation. That's so exciting. Uh, you know, you guys are, the forerunners, I guess you could say in our little down syndrome world, mm -hmm. you know, and like you said, shouting the worth of our kids and, and shifting the narrative. I love it. And so, okay. So people can find, where can they find the lucky few foundation? So lucky few foundation.org. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and they can find you at heatheravis.com. Yep. And do you have your books on your website? Yes. Okay. Heatheravis.com. There'll be, there's a place for all the books. Um, and you know what? I don't know that the everyone belongs book is on my website yet, but it will be. Okay. It probably is. It is you guys. <laughs> this is how often I, I'm really, my husband works with me. And so I'm really grateful. He's, he's the tech guy. <laughs> and I'm very grateful for that because yeah, it's there. I just looked at it. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. <Yeah. laughs> oh, wonderful. I have really enjoyed our conversation today, Heather. Is there anything else that you would like to share? Um, I, I guess the only other thing I would say is if you are not listening to the Lucky Few podcast, that's the other thing that I do. Um, right. With, I didn't make yeah, No, with Mike and Mercedes. And yeah. so it's so fun to have so many podcasts popping up um, around and in the podcast space that are connected to Down syndrome. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. And yeah, if you haven't checked us out, you can check us out. We'll, we'll put a, all those links in our show notes. So <laughs> that's awesome. So, and we'll try to have Mercedes and Micah on at another time because they are busy or doing their thing. So I, and I really appreciate your time. You're obviously very busy with your hands in many different uh, projects, which is wonderful. And I'm really excited to hear about the Lucky Fee Foundation and your guys's road trip and fingers crossed that you are able to get the rest of it uh, funded for yeah. your trip. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This is a honor and a thrill. I love to have these conversations. Oh, so me too. You. Oh, it's been a real pleasure. I can just imagine the look on the owner of that tattoo parlor's face <laughs> when all of these uh, people suddenly show up and they all want the same tattoo. Mm -hmm. And this is not just one or two people. This is this is a crowd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine. <laughs> I uh, love that story. I had never heard that before. So and it's kind of taken off and I do need to get my own tattoo. Hmm. What do they call it? Inking? Getting inked? I don't yes, know. I'm not I a tattoo that's... person. So. <laughs> I think that's the right term. Okay. Well, thanks to Heather for telling her story because I, I think she having such a diversity in her family, uh, mm -hmm. I, I think that's a great, uh, you know, a great story to be told. Oh, for sure. 100%. And like I said, I remember 
hearing her being interviewed and I didn't know who she was at the time. And I just thought, wow, like here, this is an incredible story. And it just really touched me. And I thought somebody gets me. So, yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. All right. So that wraps up this show. Um, mm -hmm. Anything you want to say before we wander off? Other than you're Come going down to be for at cookies. the Burnaby, exactly. <laughs> Burnaby Farmer's Market, 10 till 2, uh, yeah. Saturday, June 4th. Correct. Sorry. Yes, I'm getting, and I'll I'm have lost in lots. time here. <laughs> it's all good to me too some days. And I'll have lots and lots and lots of cookies. So good. I've been pretty busy. Good. Yeah. Uh, well, you, at least you know I'm going to show up. So. Okay. One customer. <laughs> One customer. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and it's just a couple of days after payday, so I'll have money. Awesome. <laughs> All right, take us on out. Thanks for listening to the T21 Mom podcast. And as always, I would love to hear from you. You can drop me a line at our email at info at t21mom.com or find me on Facebook. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter at trisomy21mama. Tell me your stories, what's going on in your life, what's important to you. And it would also mean a lot if you subscribed and leave a little review so we can read it out on the show. So keep on loving on your rocking kiddos and we will see you next time. See you, Mary. Bye, Ron. Bye.